the fuck's mowing their lawn in November? That's a great question. <laughs> this might make it into the episode. This is, <laughs> this is qu- the lawnmower discussion. Quality content. <laughs> get me some John Deere up in here. <laughs> Someone get John fucking Deere. Someone go, go get his ass. <laughs> Beat the shit out of him. Beat the shit. I dare you. I double, <laughs> motherfucker! I double dare you. <laughs> so this is one hour one offs. I'm Lyrica. I'm in charge here. Every single episode. Oi! <laughs> <laughs> Every single episode, I go. This one I'll keep relatively censored, and then three seconds in, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Do, do we do we do we try it? I've already fucked it. We could cut that that out. <laughs> that was some good content. All right, well let's fucking go. <laughs> All right, let's let's not lay it on. <laughs> anyway, this is one hour one offs. Lyrica's in charge this week month. Um, We're all sick. Yes, Lyrica got me sick. Um, In like the last twenty minutes. You definitely got me sick last night when we were playing. Monitor of the week and carving pumpkins, but you started coughing in the last like twenty minutes. Yeah, because I started talking today in the last twenty minutes. Mm, that I, makes I've sense. Been at my real job since eight, slaving away in the Rochester machine shop. I've been asleep due to the aforementioned. <laughs> due for the aforementioned sick. This week we are performing for you a spooky Halloween special that is based. So, this episode has two inspirations. One of them is a system inspiration. We originally planned on having this episode take place in Mausritter. Uh I, I keep saying that with a German accent, but we have recently learned that it is Portuguese. Mm-hmm. Um, Mausritter is a very cool, cute, super adorable little system that we will 100% revisit at some point. Um, it was going to be the system we used for this episode... It's, uh, it refers to itself as a sword and whiskers game, I believe. Yes, it does. Um, it's so cute. And it's about little mice in a big world. These mice, uh, band together sometimes to take on, like, larger opponents, such as a neighborhood cat, uh, and basically just attempt to get by and maintain some degree of civilization and safety in the face of a world that is much bigger than them and much scarier. Uh, then they always have the ability to interact with. Um, uh, the last episode that Lyric and I did together, Sunrise, uh, gotta say it, pause this episode, go listen to the entire- <laughs> <laughs> go listen to the entirety of Sunrise, resume this episode. We are getting, like, nestingly- because when they go back to listen to Sunrise, They'll- they have to pause and listen to Alien <laughs> and watch Alien. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next episode when we say to listen to this episode they'll have to pause and listen to Sunrise then pause and listen to Alien it's like one of those memes it's the, it's the B movie but every 10 seconds is the entire Shrek series oh my god <laughs> anyway we were going to play Mouse Ritter. Uh we decided to base this series or this episode on a book series that I really love um known in America as The Last Apprentice, which is a super, 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 super cool, dark, like, grim fairy tale-inspired fantasy series about this boy, Tom, who uh, 
is is uh, is the apprentice of someone known as a spook, which is basically a like a ye old Ghostbuster, but <laughs> kind of like the dark gritty version of the job where you know they they go to you know little hamlets in the vaguely European countryside of an unspecified country and world. And, you know, there there might be a ghost that wants to drink your blood, and they've got to, you know, trap it in salt and then bury it in a pit, because that's how you deal with ghosts in that world. There's also witches and bogarts and all sorts of different stuff. I'm, I read these books when I was a kid and absolutely fell in love with them. Um, I also learned recently that the author of these books passed away in August of this year, mm-hmm. and so this is... Um, we, we decided to base this episode on his work before we learned that, uh, since I learned that. I've, I'm hoping this can be somewhat of a tribute to that series, because, like I said, if you haven't read it, please go read it. So, it they so are good. so good. Uh, they're yeah. on audiobook. Yeah. Now that you're back from listening to Sunrise, pause yeah, it again. Pause <laughs> go listen to at least one Last Apprentice audiobook. Yeah, I've only listened to the first book and about half of the second, but I absolutely loved it. Highly, highly recommend really really excellent fairy tale uh if you're in europe or just happen to have found the european versions of the books like i did uh, they are called the spooks apprentice um because the profession is spook but that was changed to the last apprentice in america so the spooks apprentice the last apprentice um alex stop this is gonna get cut is typing onto his tablet either way an incredible series, and to Joseph Delaney, uh, we love you, we love your work, and I hope you would have liked this episode. As we began to base uh, the story to come on The the Last Apprentice more and more, uh, we realized that Mouse Ritter doesn't really support that type of play as much. It's more about, like... Um, it's more like old school D and D. It's got like gritty mechanics as opposed to uh, like gritty storytelling. Um, and so we've kept one aspect of Mouse Ritter, which is the time system. This episode will progress through what are known as watches, which are six hour chunks of time uh, that encompass like long distance travel. We will move through turns, which are in Mouse Ritter, they're 10 minutes, and this, they're going to be a little more amorphous based on what you're doing. Basically, like, short periods of time that you might complete a task in. Um, so, like, searching a room is, you know, like a 10 to 20 minute task. It takes one turn. And then there will also be rounds, which, for those of you that play 5e, that's your classic six-second combat turn. Combat round. So we will move through the three of those. Um... I have taken a weather table for travel from Mouse Ritter as well, mm-hmm. uh, but that's all we'll actually be seeing of Mouse Ritter, other than the fact that we are still mice, because they're so cute. I I am mouse. Yeah. <laughs> I am small mouse. I am also mouse, and every other animal we will see. <laughs> <laughs> Without further ado, let's introduce the story we are going to tell. We enter a world... Very much like our own, perhaps even identical to our own, um, with at least one difference. In this part of the world, or maybe in the entirety of this world, it is certainly unknown to these creatures, the influence of humans does not reach. These mice, these squirrels, these owls, these critters, 
know nothing of the pollution of an industry, the bright lights of a city, the litter left by any trace or touch of humankind. Whether or not they exist elsewhere in the world, we don't know. But in the soft loam and deep moss of this world, these critters know only each other and the very, still very real dangers that life in a small and sometimes magical world can bring. The wind whips through the trees, scattering uh, auburn, brown, bright red, and yellow leaves through the air, and a chill settles in to the hole in the ground that the digger lives in. It's a damp morning, and the fire is low in the fireplace. We see the digger um, raking some coals to get a little bit more heat into the room, and we see Maribel. Can you describe yourself? Uh, Maribel is a relatively small mouse. Uh, they have soft brown fur, um, you know, a few, uh, scratches and, and scars can be seen in their fur just from, you know, your everyday life as a mouse. You know, it, it's a dangerous world out there. Uh, it is easy to get hurt when you are that small. Um, she has large pink ears that, uh, swivel back and forth, always listening and looking out, uh, and she's wearing a Rwanda cloak, um, just over her shoulders and tossed, uh, to the left side. Um, I assume right now I'm doing some chores for the digger. I think right now you're readying your travel pack, mm. um, which consists of a digger's, or in your case, an apprentice digger known as a spade. Uh, a, a spade carries salt, pepper, and sage, which are three ingredients uh, useful against creatures of the wild, which um, is the general term for malevolent forces in these creatures' lives. Um a digger also carries a shovel. This is their most important implement. It is rowan uh, wood haft or handle with a sharp, razor sharp even, iron shovel head um, that is used both for bonking ghosts, digging holes, <laughs> and also... Um, you know, when you carry salt, pepper, and sage, you, you carry, you know, a whole peppercorn, a, just a single whole peppercorn, um, a little, so small. a little lump of salt, and uh, probably a portion of a sage leaf, or like a rolled up sage leaf, and you grind those things fresh in the, sh uh, the, on the blade of your shovel in order to use them in the moment, rather than carrying around you know, a, a fiddlier pouch full of powder. You know, you, you, you'd probably grind it ahead of time. You don't want to be getting chased by a ghost going crunch, 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 crunch. <laughs> um, but these are the basic tools of a digger. You have the shovel, you have the pestle, and you have the sack. And this sack is specially imbued with salt so that creatures of the wild, uh, you know, are not able to easily just rip through it or pass through it if they happen to be incorporeal. Um... And you go to where you're needed, you bonk the ghost, you put the ghost in the bag, and you put the bag in a hole in the ground. And that's pretty much your job description. <laughs> um, 
taking inspiration from Joseph Delaney's work, uh, the the diggers are always the seventh pup of two seventh pups. So Mirabelle is the seventh in her litter, and both of her parents were the seventh in their litter as well, and that is a powerful combination of numbers that gives her mm-hmm. both strength and weakness against the dark, or against the wild, as we may come to see. We see the digger and Maribel getting ready for their journey. Um, the digger, gruff, wizened, gnarled in many ways, I would say, just like his staff. Uh, or that, or just like the, the haft of his shovel. Uh, grumbling over the fire, trying to get a little extra warmth into the two of your bones before you set out. Yeah. Maribel's uh, carefully packing and then unpacking and then repacking all of my herbs and my peppercorn. And then I take my peppercorn and I move it to a different pocket and just making sure that everything... This is actually my first mission out out in the wild. Uh, I guess out against the wild. Uh, <laughs> in the wild and against the wild, yes. Uh, and so I'm very excited. Uh, this is what I've been, been training for for all of these months with the digger. But I'm also very nervous. And so just kind of doing that that nervous fiddling, making sure everything is where I can reach it easily, I, that I know where everything is, all of that. You know you will be expected to defeat this creature yourself. Mm-hmm. And being a digger is a dangerous profession. The camera winds its way through the tunnels of the digger's house until we see... The two small mice, packs strapped to their back, cloaks wrapped around their small furry bodies, mm. tails and whiskers twitching in anticipation, and the two of you set off into the wide world, and our story begins. Um, can you roll for the weather in your first day of travel, please? This oh, no. is just a flat 2d6 roll. That's a seven. Six and a one. The weather is cool. It's a it's a brisk day. You set out approximately midday. Uh, the digger has timed this travel so that you will spend two nights on the road and arrive very early in the morning of the third day so that you will have most of daylight in order to complete your work. Creatures of the wild are stronger at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, sorry. Uh, Maribel is obviously nervous, like I said, uh, but they're also excited. They're out in the world. They're not uh, cooped up in the digger's hole, you know, uh, working his salt sack and and sweeping the floor. Um, and so they're honestly, as as the day goes on, really enjoying the travel, enjoying you know being outside, seeing all of the critters running running through the branches above and on the ground below. Um, the digger turns to you while you walk, um, and says, Hey, tell me what you know of Brownie's spade. I mean, I know what you've told me, sir. I know that, that they can take their own forms, that, that they're very particular, that they all have, have their own personalities and their own ways that they like to appear. I know that they're, they're tricksy and, and... You can never trust a brownie. Aye, lad. 
The Oak Hills squirrels live in a few miles off into the wilderness. Uh, they have a brownie that's been bothering them. It's been spoiling all their food, eating up their supplies, and they've been worried they won't have enough food to get to last them the winter. So that would make it a a. And Mirabelle's trying to remember the type of brownie that that spoils food. Um, oh, what lad? You best be thinking quick on your feet. A uh, food spoiling brownie. He kind of like cuffs you around <laughs> in here real quick. He goes, "You're smarter than that, and I know it." It's a moocher. A moocher, lad. A moocher. Moocher, moocher, moocher. Yes. Um, and the digger is ca- is purposefully not using your name. He has warned you to never use your or his name while mm. anyone can hear it, because creatures of the wild can use and twist those names to their advantages. Do I know the digger's name? No. Makes sense. Yeah. He, he has given you more intimate things than Digger to call him in the past. I think mm. he has you call him Claude sometimes, like C-L-O-D, like a clod of earth. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, but that is not his true name, as it would be called. Um, we see these two little mice scampering, whereas we would expect uh, autumn travel to involve leaves crunching underfoot. We see these mice scurrying beneath leaves or clambering over piles of them, winding their way among twigs. Uh, It's a very different world from being only a few inches tall. Mm -hmm. Um, You travel about a mile and a half over the course of the day, a a long 12-hour travel before it gets dark enough that you will have to rest for the night. I imagine Maribel's quite tired by this point. Um... You know, uh, they've been training for for a long time, trying to get get all this, get ready for this, but they haven't moved this much in a long time. Yeah, I, I think you're also you've gotten a lot stronger, mm-hmm. um, but hiking is a very different type of exertion, and you find yourself yeah. weary at the end of the day. Yeah, very body tired. Um, you collapse down into the into the earth where the digger has like cleared a small section for you guys to night. And he says, I don't think your day is done quite yet. You best be getting a fire going. Uh, uh, okay, sir. Digger, sir. When you're not just a spade and you'll have your own uh, families to look after, you'll have to make these journeys by yourself and there won't be anyone to make a fire for you. There's no one to make a fire for me now. Aye. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Maribel sets to work gathering, um, gosh, I guess, bits of dried leaves and and very small twigs um, to get this fire going. You spark your shovel against your pestle, and Mm -hmm. before long, you don't, you, you don't want to, the... The digger encourages you not to set, like, a giant blaze, but rather just, like, a small smoldering, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. enough to keep you warm through the night. Yeah. You wouldn't want to light any trees. Yeah. And as he he repeats the lessons he's taught you about exactly what is going to happen on this journey when you actually reach the Oak Hills to perform your job for probably the 14th or 15th time. <laughs> uh, he almost never repeats himself, but he's told you exactly what you're going to need to do again and again and again and again because as he's already said about 14 times when you get when we get to the oak hills lad you'll be on your own 
it's I I'll be there to to make sure you don't die, maybe. But you'll have to do this job by yourself when you when you have your own uh when you have your own parish. I, parish, I guess. Um I understand, sir. Dicker, sir. So we'll arrive. We'll investigate. Find out exactly what sort of creature it is. From the description, it sounds like a brownie and should be easy enough, but as you know, the name of the creature is the most important part of binding it, and we must know at least enough about the creature to name it well. How do I learn that about the creature, though? I mean, if you're lucky, you might hear it whisper its name to itself. You might find uh, something else that knows the creature. The finding a creature's true name is almost impossible. Naming it by type is often the best we can do. You say, I name the Brownie. I name the Moocher. I name the Stealer from the Oak Hills. Bane of this place. I name the Ugly. I name the Small, Brown, and Withered. I name the Beautiful, if that is the form it takes. Uh, but you must name the creature. But... Before you name it, you must set the trap. The circle is what protects us while we perform this binding. You must create a circle. Uh, and this is all, like I said, information you've heard mm-hmm. many, of many, course, many of times. Maribel's still wrapped at attention. Yes. She's very, very curious, so is always eager for another trickle of information. You need some sort of, we call it a tether. That's whatever you make the circle out of. And it's important it's a circle, lad. They'll find their way to squeeze between angles if you leave them one. There cannot be any sharp angles in the circle. Um, If you need, you can simply draw the circle or make it out of earth. But it's best if you get something sticky, something that'll, that'll bind anything, really. Spider silk is one of the best things you can get. Can I ask, uh, did we see any spider silk on our journey? I don't think so. That's fair. We were um, on the ground. You're on the ground, just kind of like walking amongst the leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Mirabel definitely was keeping her eye out for it, but yeah. alas. And you would also know that, that materials that are kind of intended for use against the wild are also going to be effective here. Salt. However, you guys don't carry enough salt to make an mm-hmm. entire circle out of. And, you know, you don't have an abundance of silver with which to make the circle either. Of course. Um, You must lure the creature into this circle. Many creatures of the wild cannot resist their favorite treats. A brownie like this, it'll probably want some honey or something fatty like milk. And um, he kind of like pats a pouch on his side um, because uh, diggers also traditionally carry water, honey, and sometimes a drop of blood, uh, which he has uh, encouraged. Both of you are carrying blood on this mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, for thoroughness sake, it's just a wee brownie. We won't need it, but you best get used to carrying it in case it is necessary. Yeah. Mirabel honestly doesn't love carrying the blood, but does do what the digger asked. Yeah. Uh, now, do you remember your run? Yes, sir, of course I do. Speak it, then. You'll need to be quick on your feet about it. No circle will hold any creature forever. Well, first I need Speak to Speak it, lad. I name you, whatever I name it, and then I say, To thee I lay these options three. 
the first to run, to hide, to flee. But when I find you near or far, this right again will dim your star. The second choice, to earn your stay, for fire warm and bed of hay. The final choice, to stand and fight, but if you lose, you'll face the night. Of earth above and earth below, the salt-bound dark is all you'll know. Hey, you're giving them three options. You know a three is an important number, lad. The creature can stay, but if it does, it must be friendly to those that house it. This is the option you'd most like something like a brownie to take. It uh, convinced the family to offer it a little, little sweetness every once in a while, and it may well dust their corners and light their fires for them. Uh, is there a way to to convince the brownie of that? To tell him about everything nice that the family might do for it? I once you finish the rhyme, you'll uh, enter a sort of bargaining with the creature. Until it names its choice, it is bound within the circle. And th- at that point, you have the family come forward, the O-Kills, you'd tell them, hey, offer this creature something nice so that it might stay and make everyone's job a little easier here. Um, if ye must, ye can force it to leave. And not force it, but you can encourage it to leave. It will run from this place and not return for some period of time that you negotiate. Uh, this option is um, less ideal. It uh, you don't. It's it's irresponsible to simply loose a creature from one family onto another, make another digger deal with it. Uh, instead, what we do is, you and I, any time we offer a creature this choice, we shall swear an oath against it. We shall swear that before our days end, we shall find that creature and bind it again. That is what the uh, that is what the first line indicates there. The third option is that it may fight you. This uh, frequently we also don't like them to take, but it is an old ritual with power. It honestly is beyond my full understanding, but it is important to offer them all three of these options. Uh, a brownie like this is likely to be. If it chooses to fight, we'll simply chase it down, bonk it with our shovels, and put it in a sack. Uh, the brownie does not want to take this option, but we don't want it to take this option either. Their teeth are sharp, and fangs are... Uh, their teeth are sharp, and claws are long. And it's likely one of us could get injured. And at the very least, we'll be swinging our shovels all around the Oak Hills residence, and probably knock a few glasses off the counter, if nothing else. M- Mirabel pulls the cloak around her a little tighter. Ye. Now, remember this well, Spade. You best be careful when binding any creature. It's easy to be fooled into thinking it's set and done just because the ritual is powerful and will affect just about anything you bind with it. But any creature can break a deal if they cross their fingers while they make it. How how do I stop the brownie from crossing its fingers? How do I stop anything from crossing its fingers? You can't. It can cross its fingers all it's like. Sometimes it'll do it in front of you. Sometimes it'll try and hide it. But... The creature is still bound by the deal it makes as long as it has those fingers. It must cut the fingers off if it wishes to be freed from the deal it's breaking. Now, we'd best get some rest. And he pulls his cloak over himself and is asleep like that. Mirabelle 
takes a long time to fall asleep. Uh, of course, that's all information that the diggers shared with me before, but it strikes differently sitting out here in the dark in the woods, uh, much closer to the wild than I've ever been. Um, and Maribel tosses and turns for quite a while before eventually dozing off into a fitful sleep. Excellent. Uh, can you roll for weather again as we move to our second day? Uh, Eight, the weather holds. Um, a still, still just a cool, crisp autumn morning as you hike. Uh, the digger is moody and silent for much of this day and doesn't speak until right before he pulls his cloak over himself for the second night. And he says, hey, Many creature of the wild are mighty dangerous and could kill you with a, with a second thought. But what? a digger is mighty dangerous as well. Even more so with a spade by his side. And most of these creatures live long, but heal slow. And most won't be so quick to tangle with a digger, even if they think they'll come out on top. No brownie bobbin or boggart wants to spend the next year reeking of sage and pepper and nursing a wound from a shovel. So remember that. What we fight is dangerous, but so are we. <sighs> Asleep. Maribel does not feel dangerous right now. She feels small and alone and, like, and afraid. Um, mm. uh, she, you know, being a, a seventh pup of two seventh pups uh, has this stronger and deeper connection to the wilds. Um, and feels that very, very acutely sitting here in the dark, just worrying and wondering about about how this will go down, if she'll be able to to face this creature and to truly come out on top. Yeah. Um, do you do anything to comfort yourself? Do you sharpen your shovel or hold it close? I, I What is your relationship to your shovel? Do you, like, do you find it comforting or does it represent hours of harsh labor of digging holes in the digger's front yard and then filling them back in or sharpening it endlessly or um mirabel has a complicated relationship with her shovel uh she you know similar to to what you said uh uh has done a lot of work with it um you know doing doing chores for the digger um learning to take care of it getting getting stronger using it um uh, which has been hard and, and represents that change from her comfort, comfortable life. But she also feels safer with it, uh, feels like more able to, to face the wilds and to face her own darkness and spookiness with it. So, yeah. Mm. Kind of, I mean, kind of comforting, as comforting as a weapon can be. Yes, certainly. You know, because it, it inherently represents danger and throwing yourself into it, yet it is also what will carry you through that danger the most. I like that. Mm-hmm. Can you roll me weather for the third day of travel here? Yes, I'm going to roll different dice. Let's see if you see can if get, I get a different result. Yeah, outside of six to eight. <laughs> That's <No>. a six. <laughs> Again. The weather holds for the third yeah. day in a row. Um you just have a nice, cool, crisp day to hike through. Honestly, the weather's quite lovely. I I imagine it sets you somewhat at ease. Mm-hmm. 
even the digger is whistling a little as you two hike to... Now that's terrifying. <laughs> you come uh, to the base of a towering oak tree um, and gaze up it. Um, you realize... So you're probably 20 feet from the base of this tree when you camped, Um but the Oak Hill residence is a good way up this tree. And so most of your day will be spent climbing. <laughs> um, and you wind your way up bark shelves and hopping limb to limb, clambering moss. It's it's pretty easy going given that you're a mouse. Um, you know, like I, I picture mice as being good That's climbers. Bark. Bark is significant footholds and handholds for, yeah. for a mouse. I'm thinking a lot of it, you're kind of like walking in the crack of the bark itself, yeah. like yeah. along the top of the craggly oak bits. Yeah, um, I guess it must be quite a large tree then. Yes. Um, until you wend, wind, whatever, your way to uh, a small green door. In the oh. side of this tree. Knock, 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 knock. Um, there's no response. Hello? Sorry, remind me the name of the squirrels. There are the Oak Hills. <laughs> Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Oak Hill, are you there? Uh, the digger kind of, like, shoves you aside and with the handle of his shovel <laughs> just bang, bang, bang on the door. <laughs> um... <laughs> And then there's a there's a scurrying and a, a scuttering and <laughs> the the door opens. No one there. You look down and there is a extremely small uh, squirrel babe. Oh my god! That has just opened the door. Um, sorry, we were eating dinner and or they would they'd be eating breakfast. We were eating breakfast and we didn't see hear you coming. Um, I'm very sorry. You must be the diggers. Uh, yes, I'm the spade. And Maribel turns to look at the digger to to there verify. Hey, let us in then, laddie. And uh, sorry, I'm I'm the squirrel. <laughs> I, said, I said that and waited for Larry to respond. Hey, let us in, laddie, and those. Oh, I'm sorry. And kind of like steps to the side, and this the digger kind of brusquely steps inside. Uh, at this point, Mar we are entering turns, mm. and so if you would like to use any moves, those are now uh, available. I don't know. We actually said good, we good, were good. using Monster of the Week. We, we are it. using Monster of the Week. <laughs> Hi, welcome to this. Podcast. I'll I'll put that earlier in the episode. Yeah. Um. Uh, there's a, a shout from upstairs, and uh, who you would know is Sam Oak Hill, the one mm. who contacted you, says, Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, I'm just bringing a fresh loaf out of the oven, and I'll be right down to you. And this kind of, like, echoes from upstairs. This is a very vertical house, mm. although it also has depth, because it's a very large tree. Makes sense, makes sense. Um, that's okay, Mr. Sam Oak Hill, sir. Uh, and Mirabelle, uh, having remembered kind of how jarring and terrifying it was when the digger first showed up at her family's residence, uh, is trying to make, make that not the experience for these squirrels. Yeah, you see, you see the squirrel babe, 
whose name you don't know yet, is kind of, like, peering horrified at the digger, who is just this, like, hunched, withered, not withered, but, like, gnarled, salt and pepper uh, <laughs> mouse with, like, kind of scraggly whiskers and jagged yellow teeth oh, leering no. out of a hood, unspeaking and distinctly rude. I'm sorry, this is a deep cut, but I'm picturing the mouse version of Yellowfang from Warriors. Whatever. <laughs> we, we simply have to move on. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the, the deep cuts. I love it, though, and I get it. I, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, uh, Maribel would like to take a moment and search around this room and get her bearings. Yeah. Um, are you searching for evidence of on the job or just to, like, get yourself acquainted with the family? Both. Uh, specifically, I think I'm going to ask you to pick one for now. Damn. Um, uh, initially just evidence on the family. Okay, uh, yeah. where am I? What, what's going on here? All yeah. that stuff. Um, a light dusting of what appears to be flour, um, coats almost everything in the house, it appears. You, I'll say this kind of happens as you guys walk your way up to the, mm-hmm. uh, the room that Sam called out from. Um, and... You gather or remember that uh, Sam is a baker. Mm-hmm. Um, you see that no dusting has been done in here for quite a while. Um, there are, like, pieces of furniture and things that have been left kind of, like, in disarray. It seems that this house has been not very well kept as of relatively recently. Mm-hmm. Um and you make your way upstairs. There are uh, five squirrels sitting at a table, uh, in addition to the one that you've walked upstairs with. Um, Sam is indeed pulling a steaming loaf of bread out of the oven. Um, How they, does it smell? It smells amazing. Um, it is his specialty, the spicy acorn loaf. Oh, um, God. I like I'm hungry. <laughs> Uh, and he pulls that out of the oven and turns and gives you a, like, kind of forced smile. He says, oh, so glad that you've arrived. Um, this is my wife, Leaf. And uh, Leaf gives you an also kind of forced smile from across the table as she beckons uh, to the youngest child that came up with you. She says, hi, it's nice to see you. Um, come here, fifth. Um, yeah, it's not uncommon for young children to be numbered rather than named. Um, it probably occurs to you that this child is called fifth and there are four children. Yep. Um, uh, she goes, these are my children. Uh, Dawn, she points to the oldest, who's kind of like a moody teenager looking squirrel. Um, I don't know what ye old edginess looked like, but I think she's (laughs) got like a cloak over her head inside. Um, you have Sarah, who is just kind of a very middle child, um, and Rowan, <laughs> <laughs> and and Rowan, who um, has a bit of like a cheeky glint to his eye, and is already picking seeds off of the mm-hmm. steaming loaf. Um, fifth is as he wa- uh, walks over to his mother is. Uh, like, noticeably weak and kind of teeters a little bit as mm-hmm. he runs over. Um, I give the family a big smile. Uh, hello, Oak 
Oak Hills. I'm here to help. Can you tell me what's been bothering you? There's a very tense silence in the room when you say that. And uh, Leaf and Sam look at each other. Um, The rest of the children bury their faces in little bowls of what looks like lukewarm porridge um, as Sam uh, lets the bread rest by the windowsill. He goes, I'm not sure to be honest our food has been going off and we decided that we needed help okay um can you tell me more about about the food that's been going off um sam and leaf share a look again and he says i yes maribel clocks that and says I promise you can trust us, sir and ma'am. We we really are here to help. Um, Fifth goes to say something, and Leaf covers his mouth. And she says, I, um, we know that we can trust you. I keep almost doing the digger's voice. Um, <laughs> we know that we can trust you, of course. Um, the, the, the digger is famous, and, and I'm sure we are only lucky to have his spade to help us as well. Um... Yeah, I can I can show you some of what we've been dealing with. Um, and she puts she stands up, puts fifth in her chair in front of like like a third of her serving, um, and like scrapes that into his bowl as well. Um uh, and as she stands up, she there's like you notice that there is a huge axe leaning against her chair. Um, and as she stands, the, like, rippling muscles of someone mm-hmm. who is extremely proficient in some form of, of physical labor is mm-hmm. evident as she, like, sets the axe to the side of the room. Um, pauses is with her hand on it, and then brings it with her as she moves through the house with you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, she walks you down to the storeroom. Any, to any point you want to actually, like, do something, just let me know. Sounds good. Maribel's um, definitely just, like, looking around, getting her bearings. Um, so, like, if I see anything that, like, strikes me as unusual about this squirrel home. I, and I think a lot of this is striking you as pretty unusual. Fair enough. Um, they they definitely seem a little off. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, Leaf walks down back down the stairs, um, past the entryway, kind of, like, spiraling down. Um... And brings you to a storeroom. Um, the there's kind of like a, a noxious odor wafting out from under the door, um, and she pushes it open and says, hey, "You can see we're all but fresh out of supplies, and winter's just around the corner. We're not really sure what we're going to be doing." Um, and you see there's sacks of grain that's rotten and, mm. you know, acorns that are moldy, um, loaves of bread that have kind of withered as if everything has been sucked out of them. Mm. Um, yeah. And and how long has this been going on? And Maribel starts, like, goes into the storeroom and takes a closer look at everything, at the sacks yeah. of grain that are... Uh, can you roll me Investigate a Mystery? Uh, yes. 
rough. Uh, okay, seven. that's a seven. Uh, so you get to ask me a question, I believe. Uh, yes. Um, sorry, one moment. I would like to ask, what is being concealed here? Mmm, a very poignant question. Um, you look around the room, and you realize something. It's, this isn't quite right. Uh-huh. Yes, brownies will spoil and, you know, kind of destroy food. All of this food has just been spoiled and is now just sitting here. The, you, the brownie should be eating it. Mm-hmm. And it, it seems like it's just been left here to rot, mm-hmm. which... You know, a, a moocher would be stealing and consuming the food rather than just sense. making you know, it go off. Mooching. Mooching, exactly. Um, you look back at Leaf to say this, and you notice that um, she's picking at a scab that runs the length of her forearm, which she quickly mm. covers with part of her cloak when she sees you looking. Uh... Leaf, are you okay? Um, the digger strides forward into the room. A look of concern on his face. He goes, what do you see, lad? Well, uh, and Maribel, like, takes a moment and looks back and forth between Leaf and the digger. Um, they feel bad revealing something that, like, Leaf seems to be covering up, but also knows that's their job. Um, well, I think this is this is an important moment. Then, what do you do? Do you trust the digger and ask, or not trust the digger, but you ask the digger for advice, or do you attempt to press on with your own instincts and wiles? Um, what what look do, do they both give me in response? Um, the digger is concerned and insistent, but not incredibly readable. Um, Leaf looks very scared. Hmm. She looks, specifically, she looks concerned that you noticed that. Okay. Um. I saw. Just, just all, all of, all of this, all of the, the rotten food. And, and I, I don't understand, Digger. I mean, why would a moocher just be, just be causing the food to rot? Why, why wouldn't he be eating it? Why why just leave it here? What's the point? That's a good question, lad, and one that I'm asking myself as well. It seems like we may have something else on our hands. Does anything else here look, look off to you? He looks at you. Is there anything else that's off, lad? Maribel's gonna glance at Leaf again. Leaf shakes her head. No, sir. That That's all I've seen. The digger looks at you, and he looks at you long, and he says, This is a dangerous job, lad. You'd best be making sure you know what you're doing. And he know, lets go of the grip he has on your forearm. 
we don't want night to fall before we uh, perform the ritual. We'd best uh, we'd best search the house, see what we can find. We don't want to name this thing Moocher. If a Moocher, it is not. Of course, that makes sense. Uh, Leaf, can you show us to the the rooms upstairs? Um. Yes. Yes, I can. Uh, I'll. I'll. Yes, follow me. Heads upstairs. All right. Um, Mirabelle's new focus, in addition to uh, trying to observe the rooms and everything and look for signs of what this is, is to try and get Leaf alone and press her more. Okay. Um, how do you do that? Um, Leaf, can you show me the children's rooms? Basically, Maribel's trying to ask to see something that they think the digger won't think is important. Okay. Um, the digger's definitely going to follow you into the children's room. There's not really any reason he would just, like, le- leave you. You're that's fair, that's fair. the relevant thing to yeah, him yeah, yeah. in this situation. Nope. Completely valid. Um, I, this is, um, this is Rowan's room. Um... Uh, we have uh, Dawn here, and these are, you know, very mm-hmm. archetypal children's rooms. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, Dawn's yeah. is, it's got, you know, like, like scratchings in the walls and, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, some, like, acorn shells by the bed. Um, <laughs> and has, has anything happened to the rest of the family that, that seems strange or seems odd? Um, anything to the rest of the house, perhaps? She looks at you uh, and clearly doesn't want to answer that question. Please, Leaf. You need to trust us. We need to be able to help. Uh, can you roll me manipulate someone? Yes. You would like something from this person and have given her a reason as to why. Eight that plus one, one is nine. Can the digger help out? Uh, the I don't roll. I do not yeah. roll. The digger does have moves that will help you, but I'm not yeah. going to roll. Fair enough is how game work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they'll do it, but only if I do something to show them that I mean it. Yeah. Um, I come clean with her. I'm, I say, leaf. I see that you're scared, but I've been scared before too, and the digger helped me to understand what it is that I was afraid of and how to face it, and I want to help you now. Do you come clean to the digger too? Um, Maribel does say that, like, in front of the digger. But I'm saying, Um. do you tell the, do you also tell the digger that you've seen more than you've let on? Uh, yes. I saw the scratches on your arm, Leaf. Please, just tell us what's going on. The digger's eyes flash when you say that. You've seen what? Show me, Spade. Now, quick. And Maribel gestures to Leaf. Leaf yanks her arm away. Um, But pauses and reconsiders what you've said. 
and slowly, shakily extends her arm, and through almost a sob, says, You must save the children. Mm. Um, and you pull back her sleeve, and there is a deep cut into her forearm. And the digger looks it over. Uh, and this is going to activate his often right move. You have come mm. to the digger for advice. He says, This is no moocher. It doesn't even seem to be a tickler, which you would know is the type of brownie that uh, will scratch people in their sleep and then lap up their blood. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This is dangerous, he whispers under his breath. What? What is it? I don't rightly know yet, Spade, but... What? You don't know? Not from a cut alone. But, and he kind of steals himself. But this is your mystery, Spade. You'd best be figuring it out and fast. Okay. Um, Leaf, has anyone else in the family been hurt like you? And and when when were you hurt? How were you hurt? Uh, roll me. She like tearfully nods and begins to answer your questions. Can you roll investigate a mystery? Yes. Duh. Six plus one plus seven. one because of the digger's move. Oh, that's right. Thank you. Seven. Uh, eight. 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 Uh, it doesn't matter. Seven or eight would both be. Uh, you, uh, you get one question from an investigative mystery. Um. What? Can it do? Yeah. Um. Leaf. Uh, disrobes in front of you. Um, and her body has several deep, clean slices. And the digger says, I'm beginning to think this may not be a brownie at all, Spade. A brownie has claws and teeth, yes, but look at these cuts. They're, they're clean. Not, not something you would expect from, from a beast. He nods. Very good, lad. What what sort of wild creatures would carry weapons that could do this? What sort of creature, indeed? Could be a witch. A, a witch? Could be a fairy. A fairy? With a glass knife, yeah. Some of them do it. Has any of your windows been broken, miss? And Leaf shakes her head. Um, she is extremely distraught. And she says... We can't tell you anything. What? Why? It, it made us promise, and we can't break the promises. And the digger looks at you knowingly and she says, I, they've made a pact with the creature. Why would you do that? Why the would they do that? The digger grabs you painfully strongly, mm. and he says, Sometimes, lad, situations call for desperate measures. This family is in danger. Don't question them. They're doing what they need to do to survive. It's our job to make sure that they get out of here safe. And he turns to her and he says, Your children will be safe, miss. I promise you. Um, Maribel nods fearfully, but doesn't say any more in that moment. He is uh, going to use one of his other moves, which is Dark Past. Mm. Um... And he's going to say, 
I know of a few types of creatures that may be behind this. It'll be easy to figure out which ones are left. Ask, uh... Um... Basically, he's going to prompt you to roll Investigate a Mystery again. Okay. And he's going to be able to provide some additional answers um, if you... I don't know if this screws with your stuff. I was going to roll Tune In um, mm. and try and Do attune... It. Perfect. Great. Um, so, uh, as a spooky, I'm going to try and attune my mind to the monster. He goes, uh... Oh, no. You have two luck. That's a three uh, for the audience. Yeah. Uh, plus two, so a five, but still. Yeah. Um... I spend a luck point. Um, what does that do for you? Um, so on a 12 plus, um, sorry, 10 plus, hold three, I get to ask uh, three questions from my list of questions. Ask your three, and you get plus one ongoing while acting on the answers. Um, so... Oh, you might have... I think you had so you have you have plus one ongoing because you're acting on your investigative mystery, right? Oh, and oh, but plus I one from would have succeeded because of you the would digger. have had a seven. Okay, you wouldn't I have don't, succeeded, I, but you would have a partial. Partial. I don't spend a luck point. Um, so you hold one. Thank you. Yes. Um, yeah. I ask, what is it planning to do right now? Yes, and and the digger says to you, focus your mind, lad. You know that we are sensitive to the wild. Mm-hmm. Seventh pups. And he... Maribel reaches out with their mind, trying to, to feel the mind of this creature that, that's been terrorizing this family. Yeah, and I and rather than, like, being able to, like, mind-to-mind connect with it, you connect with, like, the negative emotions that this family has been experiencing in their home. Mm. Um, and what was the question you asked? Um, what is it planning to do next? What is it planning to... Sorry, to do right now. Um, you... I'm gonna twist that very slightly to, like, what has it been doing up till now? Mm -hmm. Um, and this creature has been, uh, haunting this family, very overtly threatening them. Like, the picture painted becomes very clear to you. This creature has disguised itself as a brownie. Mm Mm-hmm. The family knows that it is not a brownie, may even know what it is, um, and it has been drinking their blood for sustenance while it waits. I see. It has been waiting for diggers to arrive. Oh my god. It's the bait. We're, we're, oh no. Uh, Maribel turns to the digger, uh, her mind terrified, her eyes, face terrified. I know, lad. I feel it too. What? How... What is it? I, I can't tell you from this alone, but I can tell you this are in grave danger. And you hear footsteps clomping on one of the lower floors. Heavy footsteps. This is no spirit. This is a creature of flesh and blood with a weapon that has been using against this family that knows you are here and wanted you to come. Do... What do we do? The digger goes to utter a word under his breath, and his breath catches in his throat, and he goes, No. It can't. No, no. Not here, not now. God. What is it? Wild be damned, Spade. I cannot help you. 
What? I swore an oath. The creature that is here I faced in the past. Can you tell me what it is? Who it is? That is the oath I swore, child. I cannot name it. I cannot harm it. I cannot help you. Mirabelle tears out of the room. Um, the digger is right behind you. Uh, I'm going to look for... I'm searching the house for anything. Anything that can tell me what this creature might be, how I can name it, uh, mm. what it's called. Uh, just any any signs. You bump into Fifth, the small, mm. weak child. And he looks up at you. Um, and you see much more clearly that this child is skin and bones now. Mm. Um, and you would know that his blood, being the youngest, is likely preferred by this creature and has mm -hmm. been drunk from the most, despite him being the smallest and weakest. Mm. Um, and he looks up at you, big, watery squirrel eyes, and says, I'm scared. It will be okay, Fifth. I'm going to protect you. Um... And you wrap, you wrap Fifth up in your arms and cloak. Um, take him with you. Ah, uh, yes. Um, he come with me. I'm gonna find out what this creature is and stop it. Fifth begins to whisper in your ear. He says, "I know." He says, "I know the thing's name." I heard it talking to itself in the walls when it first arrived. Are you able to tell me? She... 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 She, she said... She, she said such bad things would happen to me if I ever said it. Can you show me then? He nods furtively. And... Uh, the, the kitchen, this door here. Maribel flies through the kitchen door. Um, Sam kind of goes, oh, spade. Um, how goes the search? What's going on? Fifth. And he like, he's pulling down his sleeves as he says this. I know, I know about the creature. I need to know what it is. He says, you, we, we can't. You get the, like, fifth, he, he begins... what can you tell me? What can you um, show me? Fifth, uh, like, squirms out of your arms and begins to spell in the flower dust that cow mm. uh, uh, covers the floor of this room where Sam does his baking. And he begins to write an M. His hand trembles. And he wipes it away. And he writes, Red Cat. Mm. A red cap is a murderous type of fairy that carries two long, large sickle blades. It wants nothing but to kill and soak its hat in the blood of its victims. And the digger, when the M is written on the floor, he blanches white and he goes, Oh, gods, 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 gods. I was right, lad. Um, would I know anything of the digger's history and any creatures that he's faced before that I could you would tie in this to? intuit immediately from what the digger has said that he would not have been able to tell you this story. That makes sense. Um, Figured, but yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I get to work. Um, okay, fifth, it's gonna be okay. You go over there with Sam and, and help him bake his bread. As you say that, the digger clasps your arm and pulls you close and he says, It's an ugly truth, but a truth nonetheless, Spade. The best bait you'll find in this house is the child. Maribel pl- pulls her hand away. No. That, no. That, that can't. We can't do that. Then blood it is, and you best hope it works. Um, and as you are speaking, a scream echoes through the house. Digger, can, can you can you go to that? He looks at you and he says, I can go find what it is, but I fear child. Maribel hears that and tears off towards the scream. Um, you come into the dining room that you were in before. This is not the kitchen where all the food preparation mm-hmm. is done, but there's actually a second oven in the mm-hmm. in this room here. And um, there is a terrifying figure hunched in the center of the room, bipedal, hairless, pale, fleshy skin covering its body and it holds two gleaming steel knives in either one in either hand and it turns to you a strange flat face with a slightly protruding nose and dull nubby teeth grins at you and says dearie you found your way to me soon enough and lying on the floor in front of her is leaf Mm. who has been viciously cut across the abdomen um, at Leaf's shoulder, shaking her gently and weeping, is Rowan. Uh, it appears that Leaf in, uh, attempted to prevent her child from being harmed. Mm-hmm. The digger points his shovel at this creature and says, You know you can kill none until you kill me. And this creature holds up two hands, each with only three fingers, and says... Mm-hmm and cackles and says, I am free from our deal, you old fool. But but if it's free, does that mean you can tell me what it is? Who it is? The digger looks at his hand and says, Not yet, lad. But if we need it bad enough, maybe I can. Uh, Go, lad! Maribel runs to the storeroom, um, grabs uh, some of the spoiled grain, and runs back to the kitchen uh, where she left Sam and Fifth. Okay. Uh, the creature has left when you return. Um, I... The digger, like, coughs you across the ear as you and says, Damn it, lad! Never let it out of your sight again! We may only have one more shot at this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I thought I had... Okay. Um, uh, Mirabelle goes and collects some of, uh, Leaf's blood, um, where it's, where it's spilling out. Yeah, the digger Um, is bandaging Leaf and attempting to stabilize her while you're doing this. Um, I take the blood, uh, and dart back to the kitchen, uh, that's covered in flour. And standing there, um, I turn to Sam and I say, Sam, do you have any rope, twine, anything like that? I I bind my I bind my loaves in leaf stems sometimes. Perfect. 
Give it to me. Yeah, you would know that's a bad material to use, but it's better than nothing. Yeah. Um, I I take the leaf stems and um, draw. I I form them into a circle on the ground, and then to try and strengthen the the um the power of this binding, I uh, sketch into the ground uh, a pentagon um, mm-hmm. just in the flower. Okay. Uh, are you using just the blood as bait? Uh, I put the actually sorry I, I put an unspoiled loaf in the in there and add the blood and uh, my milk and honey. Mm. Sorry, not milk, my yeah, my honey. honey. So your tether. I ask Sam for milk. Got it. Um, uh, fifth is in Sam's arms while he says this, and he beckons you over. Mm-hmm. And he says, "Actually, can you roll me manipulate? Do, do you do you ask Fifth for more information? Yes. You know Fifth knows this creature's name. Yes, yes, yes. You need to roll manipulate Fifth, someone. Tell me something, anything. Uh, that's a six. Seven uh, because of the digger. Yes, seven, seven, seven. Um, you need to prove that this is going to be okay to this child." I stand up to my full mouse height, which is just a little bit taller than this baby squirrel, um, and I hold up my shovel and my pestle, and I clap them together. I say, Fifth, I am a spade, and I am here to stop the wild, and I need your help. Um, Fifth looks up at his father. His father sets Fifth on the ground and says... I'm so sorry, but you need to be brave, child. It'll be okay, I promise. And he looks up at you and says, Maggie! And immediately cuts, cover his mouth as it is, he has been threatened with magic and it comes to pass and you're screeching that, Ah, damn it, child! And that heavy clomping of boots rushing toward yeah, through the house towards you. Um, I... Sam is holding his son. You have work to do. Yes. Um. Thank you, Fifth. I'm so sorry. And I take his... The door bursts open. I take drops of his blood and I toss them into the center of the circle. Roll plus weird. You are going to add plus one for your bait, minus one for your tether, and plus one for the name for a total of plus one in addition to your weird. Okay. So plus three total. Yes. Nine. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, uh, ten. Yes. Full success. Um, Maggie runs into the room, snarls at you. I'll have I... you. D- is she in the circle? She's not in the circle. She glances over and, like, literally being drawn hand over foot towards that tether. She goes, I'll get you soon, and begins to shovel the blood and honey into her mouth. I name you Maggie... The red cap. To thee I lay these options three. The first to run, to hide, to flee. But when I find you near or far, this right again will dim your star. The second choice to earn your stay, for fire warm and bed of hay. The final choice to stand and fight, but if you lose, you'll face the night. Of earth above and earth below, the salt-bound dark is all you'll know. Maggie 
gorging herself on the rest of the bait that you laid for her stands and sneers at you, that hideous, pale, flat face leering out at you. She scrapes her knives against each other and she says, Tell me, child, why should I not choose just to kill you where you stand? Because if you choose to stay, then then this family will bake you warm bread, and... She laughs long and hard. And because if you choose to kill me, I'll kill you first. You're only tempting me more, child. I'd love to see what a pathetic little spade like yourself can do against me. And the digger uh, appears in the doorway uh, with leaf over an arm. You can't kill me. You have to kill him first. She glances back at the digger. He goes, He can't harm me. That should be easy enough. Uh, has she made her choice? Um, if you don't say anything else, she will. You don't really want to die. You don't really want to go live in a pit full of salt for the rest of your life. Be kind to this family, and they will be kind back to you. I grow tired of your pathetic, mewling child. I will fight. Maribel leaps at her. Uh, shovel swinging towards her. Kick some ass. As you do, the digger yells, Now, Leaf! And holds out his hand, and Leaf brings down the axe on the digger's paw, severing two of his fingers. Oh my god. Uh, that was, a, a sorry, nine. Sorry, eight. Eight. Nine because of the digger. Nine. Um, which is a partial success? Yes. So you simply exchange damage, yes? Yes. Um, you leap for Maggie. You have not used any of your other tools of fighting the wild against her, and you feel the bite of one of her knives deep into your side. You take three harm as you crack her across the face with the iron shovel, dealing one harm through her armor. Behind her, the digger raises his sacks of salt, and that is all we hear of this tale. Oh my god. How do I stop it? <laughs> ah! <laughs> How can you do that? I didn't. The timer did. I believe you. You should have been faster. I was very slow at many points. <laughs> you were very slow at many points. <laughs> I can't. No, it was okay. I, I, I thought that was very good. I thought that was very good as well. I'm upset. I'm deeply upset. <laughs> deeply upset. Did it come across what the deal was with the the digger and and uh they they um I wasn't totally sure. It seemed like he'd she'd chosen the option flea before. Um not quite down to that detail. Uh you would probably know that there are other bindings and deals you can make with creatures. Sense. And it seems like he was involved in a more complicated one. Uh-huh. Um what I meant was yeah, he. Did you get that he cut two of his fingers yes, off right yes, at the yes, end? Yes, and he, then, yeah. he couldn't speak and couldn't couldn't speak and couldn't harm her, but had crossed his fingers. 
Indeed, he had. Um. Wow. Oh, I hope you no. enjoyed. I'm so upset. Oh, I could have talked so much faster. Maroon Maggie, Six Finger Maggie, Red Cap Murderer, Killer of Diggers mm. is her full title. And she has a true name, which I will say is known by the digger. Wow. It would certainly be an advantage in the fight to come, but we'll never with, know how with that the binding finished and the naming completed, it won't have quite the same potential that it otherwise would have. Um, are we going to do a, a post, post-timer roll? No. No. Right? You just got to, you just got to live with the consequences of your actions. Ugh. The worst. You're horrible. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. You're really, it's too much. (laughs) I can bind you next time. Damn. (laughs) Harsh. I feel, did we get through the whole episode without swearing? Maybe. Just in the intro and outro. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? (laughs) If so, hilarious. I mean, it would have been a little non-diegetic for the digger to be like, fuck. (laughs) I mean, true. True, true, true. Maribel certainly wasn't going to. Yeah. Oh, well, I hope you enjoyed. Yes. I say to you, the audience. Uh, This has been One Hour One-Offs doing our thing. I'm honestly just, like, stunned and I don't really know what to say. I was so stressed that entire time. I was like, I have so much more planned. Oh my god. Ah. Maribel did not move fast. <laughs> no, I mean I mean you you kind of you did what you you I, understood to be the I did the encounter yeah. thing and yikes, I regret it. <laughs> no, 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 it was so Sorry, good. Sorry, no, not, was not so for good. real, not for real. Um whew. God, RPGs, RPGs will get your heart pumping. They will get your heart pumping. That's my workout for today. That's my cardio. <laughs> Oh, that was really, really good. Uh, I blame my eye of Sauron die. I they rolled a one at one point, and I think that's what fucked me. <laughs> Fair enough. Just blame it on <laughs> classic. Blame it on Sauron. Am I right? <laughs> that guy's always fucking shit up. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, the worst. Ah! Woo. Well, I don't. I don't know what else I'm going to say. I have nothing else to say. We should... I feel like there's something that I should say, but I just don't know what. I mean, we should record This is Monster of the Week, to put it in the Yes, thing. yes, later. But... Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. I hope everyone enjoyed. I, I hope yeah. y'all were spooked, too. We're one-hour one-offs. Catch us generally about once a month on mm-hmm. Spotify or wherever else you find podcasts. Uh, if you tweet at us, we will 100% reply and also love you forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and neither of our fingers are crossed when we say that. Neither of not no crossed fingers. Um, wow. I'm Lyrica. I'm Alex. Bye. And see you next time. <laughs>